Welcome to the Ruby Hour, a podcast produced by our company, Ruby Riot Creatives. We specialize in video production and content marketing. This podcast is devoted to interviewing extraordinary people doing extraordinary things and nuggets of wisdom that they've learned along their journey. Also, just want to give you a heads up, uh, we have potty mouths and we're talking about inappropriate things. Okay, so thank you so much for joining us today for a very, very special uh, snuggly episode of the Ruby Hour. Um, I have the amazing Angie Bird of Wild Studio here in her bed, Um, and uh, we're just going to do a very intimate talk today. Um, So this is not going to be our typical uh, podcast episode. Um, Let's just jump into uh, Angie. What is it that you, how do you serve your community? Mm. Mm. Uh, so several ways. I am a coach. I've been an, a performance and leadership coach for many, many years and have really started to integrate more intimacy and relationship into my practice because that's one of the things that I saw what kept coming up as a theme constantly, constantly with the people that I was coaching, it would all boil down to relationship. And then from just my own personal curiosity, my own personal life, pain points, discovery, like my own personal trajectory took me in this direction towards sexuality, intimacy, communication, all of those things. So it was a natural flow for me to, once I had these experiences, want to bring them into my community. It was one of those like, pa-pow, like, oh my God, everybody needs to know this type of moment. Like every woman I know needs to know this information. So it was that type of explosion in my own being and self. And then I also lead monthly women's groups in community. I call them wild studio circles. And they're all about getting into your body, getting into your power. There's embodiment practices. We talk a lot about relaxation and a lot of embodied movement, a lot of free type of movement. There's sound, we have great music and it's just super, super fun. And then conversation, like real raw conversation that typically, you know, the types of things we don't normally talk about out there in the day-to-day living of the world. And it's fantastic. Like that just lights me up so much. I started those circles for me because mm-hmm. I wanted it. I love that. <laughs> and I then, love that. yeah, it's just great. So to be clear, it's like my favorite thing about you. And when we met, it was like, you were going into places that the taboo you were not afraid to approach things around not just general like woman empowerment and femininity but you were like i'm here to fuck like (laughs) like this we're not gonna just beat around the bush and provide general like the the advice the ways that you know you've been a confidant for me has been so practical um, hands on, like real, that I feel like I, you're such a unicorn to me that you're not afraid to go into very specific things and trainings and teachings. Um, 
did you, as far as, you know, what got you here, or did you just have, and for people that are listening to this and not seeing the visual, um, you're not a 22 year old that has a YouTube channel that's just like talking about how to post hot selfies. Um, did you just have a rocking sex life for the last, how many years have you been married? Yeah, so I am a grown ass woman. <laughs> I am in my early 50s. I just turned 52. It's 2021. 20, so um, yeah, I've been married to the same man, to the same partner for 26 years. We've been together for 28 years and, you know, had relationships before that. He had relationships before that, but we met when we were to me, babies, yes. like <laughs> in our yes. early 20s. So, you know, we've been together a long time and we've grown together. We've grown apart. We've grown back together, like all of the different things you can imagine when you've been with one person for that long. I mean, you really do experience all of life at that point. Um, so yeah, I've learned a thing or two about a lot of different things. And so, no, I was not always like, like this, you know, with this life. Um, so I was born and raised in the South. I'm one of those women that grew up, there are things that you should and should not do. There are ways that you should and should not be. You don't talk too loud. You don't laugh too loud. You don't do anything too much. Very, very much. Everything has to be appropriate and everything must be a certain way and it has to look a certain way, sound a certain way, feel a certain way. And you know, you just stay over there and look how you look and mind your manners. Just, yes, all the things, yeah. right? All those things. So very, very much grew up in that way and had a loving family. Like I don't yeah. blame them. It's just the culture yes. in which I was raised. Yes. And, um, and so, you know, that really informed who I was for a very, very, very long time. And so once I started to really discover and explore this world and I'll, talk a bit about how I got here, it kind of shattered a lot of the taboo and a lot of the constraints that I was living in unnecessarily. It was just programming. And once I started to see this and combining all the years of my own personal growth and discovery and work that, you know, coaching work that I had been doing, when I added this sexuality piece to it, it was like that final piece of the puzzle just clicked in and everything made so much sense. It was like, aha, got it. So I, um, I was in a place in my life a few years ago where, you know, our relationship, we have a great relationship, my husband and I, wonderful, great foundation. We do life really well together. And he was much more wanting to, it was actually him. He was the one who was much more wanting to explore. He was the one who was always initiating sex. I was always, you know, I have two children. I was mom. I was, you know, there were times when I was working. There was times when, you know, I was just busy, had too much responsibility. And still this like little voice in my head was somewhere in there going, you know, girls just like, I'm, I'm a mom now. Like I can't be erotic. Like, that's just, I don't know, maybe if we go out of town, it would show up, you know, stuff like that. Mm. And so really diving into this work um, had me realize that that's all bullshit. Mm. It's just all complete bullshit. So that little bit around maybe if we go out of town, 
-hmm. it would show up. Yeah. Something that I've recognized is talking with girlfriends. Um, and in my own personal life, it's the being on this quest of like what actually genuinely turns me on, what will create a response in my physical body. Um, what do you run into a lot with clients when it comes to, uh, you know, a scenario of, oh, well, he wants more sex and I'm just, I just, I don't, I have, I'm so busy. Mm -hmm. Why should that be on my radar? Or I have a hard time getting to that place. Um, is that something common? Very, 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 very. So, and I think it starts with number one, if we're talking in this scenario about women, wh whoever their partnership is with, mm -hmm. but it's really about that sense of how do I turn myself on? So really great questions to ask are, I turn myself off when, hmm. or I turn myself off by, and then digging into that because it's all about the self. Mm -hmm. We want to project it out onto someone else like they want it or they don't or he doesn't do it right or I'm bored or this thing or that thing, but it's all really right here and taking radical responsibility for your own actions. And then that what really that means is to identify in yourself what you want. What are your desires? What does turn you on? And really ask yourself those questions and being curious about it. And I think, you know, we get to a point in our lives where we lose curiosity. And especially when we're in a long-term partnership, we think we know everything about that person over there. Mm. We don't. <laughs> Human beings are vast. Mm. Like there's so much to learn about a human. And we're never the same person from year to year, day to day. I mean, so we're always changing. There's always a lot to learn. But from a practical standpoint, um, getting women back in touch with their bodies, and that's where I do a lot of the embodiment work, resensitizing the body, because one of the other things I hear is that women feel like bobbleheads. Yeah. Like I'm just all up here yes. living my life and thinking the thoughts and just all heady and then trying to solve problems by outthinking the problem and outthinking the situation. And it doesn't work. Dropping into the body, a woman's power is in her body. And our bodies are much more powerful than our stories way more. Just take your, all the stories that you've got up here and just go set them down and be in the body and self-pleasure and learn your own body. I talked to so many women who, who, you know, might know anatomy, mm -hmm. but they're, they don't like touch themselves with their own hands. Yeah. Like touch your body mm -hmm. with your own hands. Find out what feels good to you. Then you can start communicating to your partner about what you want, what you desire. And don't worry about if it hurts their feelings or not. They want to know. They yeah. want to know what turns you on. They really, really do. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So in terms of um, actual turn on and tendencies, um, I know we've um, discussed... Miss Jaya mm -hmm. has um, these erotic blueprints. Um, could you give a brief summary of what is that and um, just run through a few of the core ones and what it 
just, you know, what's, what's a crash course of that? Yeah, absolutely. So Jaya is, she was one of my main teachers. I studied with her for a year. I was a private one-on-one VIP client. It absolutely transformed my world, changed my life like so much. Like I knew that doing this work was going to touch a lot more in my life than just sex. And it did. Like it took my entire consciousness, my entire being, the seat of my soul raised. And it doesn't seem like that would be the thing that would do that, but it is like, it's so, so primal in it. And it cuts to such a deep level of who we are as humans. Like, I do think this is the work of our time. It really truly is. So Jaya um, has created a body of work called the erotic blueprints. And it's basically like, kind of the love language type of thing. So there's five main blueprints that people, you know, you can categorize yourself into. And one of them is energetic. There's sensual, sexual, kinky, and shapeshifter. And so these are her terms. And this is what I learned from her. And I use it in my own life. I use it in my practice. And it's brilliant. So if someone, and it's so, it's fascinating to know what you are and what you want and what you gravitate towards and also what your partner is, who they are, what they gravitate towards. Because then so oftentimes if we're speaking a different erotic language, if our bodies respond in different ways and we don't know that, you kind of do get in this pattern of like, why can't I, why aren't you turning me on? Like, why am I, what are you, I don't know. And then we get the women freaking like, I must have low libido. I don't want it anymore. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. And the man is like, she doesn't want it anymore. Or that can be reversed. It can be the woman who's like, let's go. And the guy's like, you know, I'm, I'm good. You know, give me a beer and Netflix or whatever, you know? So however that looks, oftentimes it's just as simple as you're not speaking each other's language. So if you have an energetic and then this person is kinky, you know, when you just get together, everything's hot and spicy and everybody's doing all the things and it's, ah, yeah, but you know, you, honeymoon or yes, you're just like, ah, yeah. hot about everything. Yeah. And then that is going to go away. It just does. It goes away. But the great news is that can be re-sparked. It is much easier to recharge and relight a fire than it is to find someone that you're compatible with Mm -hmm. in all the other places in your life. Yes. Yes. Right. So finding, and this is such fascinating work. And I love this, this topic because the stability and safety and the things that bring a relationship to people together and the and the part that actually makes that relationship work outside of the bedroom is commonality. We share interest. We have a lot in common. We are, you know, love the same things. We create that structure, security, and stability, and safety. And that's what being in the love part of the relationship is all about. But those are all the things that destroy erotic tension. So erotic tension over here needs novelty, risk, differences, all of that. So these two things don't exactly go together. So once this stability and safety has been established in a relationship, then we're like, okay, 
And then all of a sudden we're comfortable and we're roommates. Mm -hmm. And then you have children. Your and then you have jobs. Then, then you're like, and then you know we have sex because yeah, we're whatever, we're doing it, we need to do it. And it just yeah, it, it loses that spiciness. Exactly. But if the relationship is good, you can work to create erotic tension, like I was saying before. That's that's possible. What's harder is finding someone with you when you have that compatibility. Mm -hmm. And so people, you know, divorce rates and all these types of things, people are like, oh, well, we don't have sex anymore. We must need to get a divorce. Not necessarily. You just need to create some erotic tension and we can do that. So with the erotic blueprints, because we just listed off the five, mm -hmm. if there, you know, could you do a quick like what's kink what's what is energetic what's sensual got it okay so energetic blueprint is someone who is very energetic like you're going to feel someone it can be the type of thing where you can be sitting across the room from someone and you can feel that again erotic tension that's where like tease comes into play and it's all just about energy mm -hmm. and all of these blueprints also have a shadow side so there's um you know people that are energetic are very very responsive to someone's energy like the energy has to be right or it won't work mm. like you have to come to me with the correct energy if you come to me with a nervous frantic kind of desperation i'm like mm -mm, no <laughs> like yeah. i need relaxed over there i need confident over there and that's what that's what's the turn on, right? And so, um, and then for sensual, sensuals love soft things. For sensual, they have to, yes, they like, everything has to be just so, like the lighting has to be right. They have to write the right music, the mu uh, you know, lighting candles, the right smells. Again, super, super duper soft things. Fabrics make a big difference. Like they want luxury and they want you know, the space to be absolutely perfect. And so their shadow can be like, if there's a sock on the floor, I can't have sex with you. Yeah, there's like, a laundry like, bin. I can't, I can't, yes. not gonna happen. Like, because all I'm gonna do is in my mind be thinking there's a sock on the floor. Like, you know, yeah. so making sure if you know you're that blueprint or you know your partner is that blueprint, you do, you create the space. Make sure that the space is what you want it to be. And then you go in, have a time, have some, time for relaxation, really create the environment so that when your partner is there, they're in their blueprint, they feel taken care of, right? Mm. So then the sexual blueprint is really exactly what it sounds like. It's that person who's like, just give me the sex. Yeah. Just like, let's go. Yes. You know, they're all about the genitals all the time. Like, just let me, let's get to it. Mm. Like, I don't need all that energetic stuff. Like, I don't need any of that. I don't care about their socks on the floor. Like, yeah. just, just go at it. Yeah. Know? So that's like a very just practical, that's straightforward. Yes. Um, I feel like that's what men get cast as often. I agree. And I find there are just as many women that are sexual blueprints as men. Yeah. Yeah. Just as many. It's not a female male thing at all. Yeah. But men, actual... I think, do get cast that way. Like, I think of, like, every romance movie or every, you know, whatever, like, ro like romance series mm -hmm. on Netflix where it's, like, the guy's just rearing to go. You yeah. know, it's, a, it's <laughs> like, really, though? Yeah. Yeah. In um, real life. Mm, you know, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And then the kinky blueprint mm -hmm. is... Um, there's a couple of different types of kink. So there's psychological kink, which is, you know, 
you have to call me Miss Angie for the next 20 minutes and I'm going to tell you what to do and I'd like for you to take that shoulder of that pink teddy right there and I'd like you to lower it just about three inches you know and you're just like playing with like with yes. words and stuff like yes. that so that psychological kink I find the women that I have um, that I work with love that they love it way more than they think they would mm. and they start exploring it and they're like Oh my God, I had no idea. The language, the communication, the speaking, the words, the playing with the dominance and submission, like that's where um, that would fall into the kink blueprint, like the power play and all of that. So you've got the psychological kink, then you have the sensational kink, which is different types of touch. And all these have different types of touch, but like a kink touch is gonna be that more of a scratch. You can use implements, you can take a fork, you can find anything in your house. I joke all the time that Lowe's is actually a sex store. Like <laughs> you can get chains, ropes, like Garden tape, like what, yeah. I, exactly. Like paint brushes, you know, yes. it's so fun. Mm -hmm. So, but like you can literally get a fork from your kitchen and like play with that scratching. You know, the, the world of kink is gigantic. I had no idea. And I think something that is a real, real shame in our society and our culture is that we've taken some of these, these um, ideas and they've gotten very twisted in these taboos and people have such judgment around like, oh, BDSM and kink and dom and sub and, oh, and like, oh my God, that stuff is so weird. And ah. it's not. It's really not like I'm a mom. I'm like the girl next door and I am telling you the shit is not weird. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's fascinating. And if you can open yourself up just this much to be curious and explore a little bit of these things, you find like, oh, holy shit. Mm -hmm. Like this is actually really fun. Like, yeah. Well, and I love that um, I've heard it, kink is defined as anything that feels a little taboo to you. Yes. So it can be anything that's as subtle as like, you know, if you're going through your day and it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to not wear underwear today and no one else knows, but you know, and maybe in your t frame of what's appropriate, you know, that's something naughty. I think that's where the term, oh, naughty, mm -hmm. like that's to me, it's a little, mm -hmm. but I love that, you know, cause I, I know when I first heard kinky, I was like, oh God, like there's going to be like chains and we're, I'm going to be suspended from the <laughs> ceiling, like that cell movie or something. And then figuring out like, no, it's whatever is taboo to you. Yeah. And that can be something that's like really out there or it can be subtle. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It could be something as easy as like, you know, wearing a cuff on your wrist that is just fun for you. Like, you know what that is and yeah. it's a bracelet, but it's also a cuff, yeah. right? You know, like exactly like not wearing underwear one day or wearing a necklace that has a certain meaning yeah. or wearing a certain scent or sending a text to someone that you're either interested in or your partner or whatever, like, you know, fun language around certain things or, or a quick video or, mm -hmm. you know, Lots of different things. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we, we stop using our imagination. 
I think so many times and kink is really about the imagination and relaxing our ideas about what are taboos and just making this conversation normal, mm. normalizing the conversation around some of these things that we think are taboo because mm. they're not, not really. So one of my best girlfriends, we, we get into these juicy conversations, but something, you know, she's super career oriented, um, like incredibly soulful, just totally one of the most charismatic people that I know. And, um, she has, you know, and, you know, like early thirties, uh, just in that, that chapter of life and loves her partner to death. And she just comes home from work or comes, you know, just, I mean, just the chapter of life. It's not even like, oh, she had a busy work week. It's just her, she's been like, Shelby, I don't know how to shift from work mode, outward energy, into even figuring out how do I turn myself on? Like, I don't know how to bridge that gap. And for someone in that scenario, like what are some practical things that could support her in transitioning? Absolutely. So one of the things that we, that I talk about a lot and uh, is polarity, right? So oftentimes when women are in our career mode, we're in the season of life where we're like, go, I'm working, I'm busting my ass, I'm you know, doing the thing, very much in a career mindset, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that. We want that, yeah. right? Not asking to give that up or weaken it in any way. So, and that takes a lot of let's call it masculine energy. So when I say that, I mean that go driving, linear, focused, determined sort of energy. It's not necessarily male or female because all humans have both masculine and feminine energy in equal parts all the time. Mm -hmm. It's just that we've flexed and built up the masculine muscle more. Mm, wow. So what we've done is let the feminine muscle atrophy a little bit. Okay. So all it is, is just saying, okay, I've got this masculine energy down the go driven, the energy actually in the body flows from the center and it goes straight up and out this way. Mm. And feminine energy tends to be more circular, more open and it can be a little bit more chaotic. It's the creative force, it's creative energy, and it's very vast, expansive, and broad, Okay. right? And so the marriage of the two is that they crave each other, and so the structure craves that swirling, circling life force energy, and the swirling, circling life force energy craves the structure, mm. right? So they, you really can marry the two nicely. So going back to your friend mm -hmm. in that scenario, it would be determining practices for her. She can determine them for herself. If you take a little time to sit with yourself and say, what do I need in this moment? What does my body need? Do I need to sit? Do I need to meditate? Do I need to relax? Do I need to go take a dance class? Do I need to take a bath? What's calling to me right now and trusting that also some other, um, kind of baby step type of practices to move someone in that direction in the morning before you wake up. Every single morning, I call it the good morning practice. You're lying in bed before you even open your eyes, like you're just lying there. Put one hand on your heart, one hand on your pussy, 
and just say hello, good morning. It can take 30 seconds, it can take 30 minutes, whatever you want. And that has nothing to do with children, career, partner, nothing. It's just for you to connect to yourself, connect to your body, ask your body what she wants, what she needs, how's she doing, it's nice to see you, I love you, like connecting to yourself in a very feminine and open way. The clitoris has 8,000 nerve endings, way more than the tip of a penis. So her whole reason for being is pleasure. Mm. Pleasure, that's it. So starting your day with a tiny little pleasure practice, and breathing into that energy and starting to build up a little bit more of that feminine Mm. throughout your day and checking in with yourself in that way throughout the day can start to move someone down that path. And then there's tons of other things, depending on that person, Mm -hmm. what would be resonating for them as far as like, what's something good to start building that flow muscle and not over, over utilizing the masculine because we don't want to get rid of either one. Mm -hmm. So, that makes me think of um, many moons ago, I came to you because <laughs> we were, I was in um, a season of life where I had a partner in my life that, you know, um, it was like I found myself in positions where I was wanting to take charge, you know, um, trying to make plans to go out of town or do, you know, just life activities. I was grabbing the reins and Um, I found myself um, craving being able to relax. I wanted to let go of control. And I think that this is something, you know, I mean, I've died laughing with girlfriends so many times that are career oriented or they're entrepreneurs and they know how to do that grind thing. And then they come home and it's like, okay, I want to, I want to tap out of being in control. And I had expressed to you, you know, I want, I want to have somebody that's like, just grabs the reins, grabs my hair, you know, just totally like throw me up against the wall, baby. Like I wanted that. Um, talk to me about what, how does that polarity play out in relationships or couplings? Yeah, totally. And I hear that so much, so much, especially from women who are go-getters, mm-hmm. ambitious, really, a, I mean, a lot of women, but it's like, that is so, so, so common. It's like, just, I want to be fucked up against the wall. Like, yeah. just take me and, t- you know, yes. and we have guilt around that. Yeah. Like I shouldn't, I shouldn't want to be treated that way. Yes. That would make me yes. not a good woman, right. like well, not a feminist, edit. not a, like yes. I, I'm not going to be for women if I want some dude to come over here and throw me up against a wall. Yes. Like, yes. but yes, that's exactly what we want because that's the polarity that I'm talking about. When we're in the space of erotic tension and creating erotic friction, friction mm-hmm. there's no morality there. This is a tough one for people to swallow. There's no morality in the bedroom. There is consent. Mm, I love that. Right? There is consent. Two people creating something together very openly with tons of communication and consent. Two people can create whatever they want, however they want it, with whomever they want it, anytime they want it, as long as they're on the same page. Mm right? So 
it can look like anything. Like I can want to create any sort of scenario, any sort of scene. You be the cop, I'll be the robber. Like, I don't know what, whatever yeah. floats your boat. Like yeah. you can go anywhere as long as there's consent and communication. So I find so often that women find themselves in this position of, I just want somebody to take it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. So two things in that. One is wanting to surrender control because we do feel like we're in control so much and that create that it takes creating that polarity mm-hmm. right so from the we'll say the woman's perspective the more feminine energy perspective that means surrendering and relaxing that's not easy to do when we've been like la, 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 killing it all day we want like... to do that and we get there and we're like okay but then we're still in control. Our brain is still like, oh, wait a minute. I got to send 72 emails and I got to, and by the way, you're not doing it right. And you know, right. It's like the brain is still running, even though we're sort of in our bodies going, I'm relaxed, but it's a true, true letting go and a true surrender so that you create the space Mm -hmm. for the masculine to take a stand for you. Because if you're half in and half out, He's confused. Yes. He's like, ah, yeah. I don't know. You say you want this, but then I'm not doing it right. So he doesn't really know. It's confusing. Mm. And having that conversation, I want to totally surrender and you're going to have to help me. Yeah. Help me. We've Beautiful. got to help each other. Yeah. It's not like you're just going to sit back and he's going to magically know what to do. Like, like you've got to work yeah. with each other. Right. Mm. And another thing that can happen is you know, women want them, we want our partners to read our minds a lot of times. And that, you know, it just doesn't, just doesn't work that way. But what we can do is teach and train our partners to understand the language of our body, Mm -hmm. to start to read your body, communicate with your body. And we've got to be in touch with our bodies to create that and to let it be available and to open up to yourself and be willing to be seen. I, Which is terrifying. Let's just pause there for a second because it's terrifying mm-hmm. to truly be seen. It's so terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. In, on so many levels. And there's an exercise that I do in my circles and I've done it with, um, couples and I've done it in my women's groups as well, where you have creating polarity and people can do this on their own, have one person standing, holding the space, being that center, being the strong, stable, um, you can do it with friends. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful exercise to do. Creating that stable structure, masculine energy of just holding space and being there. And you're playing a song and the other person is being in the feminine and they're moving and they're flowing and they're just dancing and just it doesn't have to be choreographed it doesn't have to look like dance it could look like whatever you want some sort of movement and creating that feminine flow around the masculine and letting the masculine stand there and then you switch so that both people feel what it feels like to be both and then at the end you come together everybody's moving and then everybody just stands and you face to face lock eyes and you just stand and hold presence for each other. 
I mean, oh my gosh. (laughs) And the thing that always comes out from that is it's so hard to be seen. To be in front of someone in my true feminine state, even if it's just for a couple of minutes, and have that person truly see me. It's even just in a small scenario like that. So then you take something like that to the bedroom. Mm -hmm. It's terrifying for people to truly be seen. So that's really where a lot of the work is, is communicating and allowing and letting go and surrendering and relaxing into the moment so that you can fully surrender to your partner. And then that partner has enough space to be able to stand in that relationship and hold the container and allow you to completely explode and unravel because mm. that's where the magic is. Yeah, that is so beautiful. And I can imagine that I've done similar exercises where it totally feels, yeah, just to, you know, the five minutes looking into somebody's eyes mm-hmm. and yeah. everything that can happen in that time of just simply gazing into somebody else's eyes. Um, as far as, I guess, coming back to that training your partner, um, you know, in what you like, what sensations, um, what are some practical, what's the language? I know sometimes I find myself feeling tongue tied or, you know, being like, okay, wait, you're kind of, you're kind of doing what I want, but like, (laughs) what are just some practical, like Mm -hmm. the language for um, a man or a woman to be like, I like this technique, this stroke, or just that positive, um, positive affirmation or reaffirmation of when they are doing something right. What, Mm -hmm. what's some lingo? Yeah. So I would say even having a conversation before sex is on the table, right? So in a, in a scenario outside of the bedroom, start talking about it, have a conversation. Hey, let's talk about how we like to be touched. Who does that? No one says that. No one has that conversation. What can that bring up? Number one, it's a big fat fucking turn on because you're starting to talk, right? Like you start to get into the juicy stuff of it. You're like, so let's talk about how we like to be touched. How do you like to be touched? And you can start playing with those blueprints. Like, do you like a very light? Is this something that's pleasurable to you? How pleasurable is this? Or is it more sensual? Do you like the more sensual type of touch? You know, do you like a little bit harder? Like, do you like just straight genital touch? kinky do you like to be scratched like let's play Mm -hmm. let's play for a minute and see what type of touch we like and if you already know what you are you can communicate that this is what I like this is how I like to be touched and where point out your erogenous zones these are my erogenous zones here I like to be touched very lightly Mm -hmm. but on my breasts I like a little bit harder. I like a more sensual type of touch. Mm. So you're instructing, you're giving, you're educating each other on what you like before you're actually in the place, Mm. because then you're all wrapped up and no one's really listening. And then you're going to get in your head. He's not doing it right. And you know, Mm. and then he's going to feel like I'm not doing it right. Mm -hmm." You know, and then that loop is right. And then that's where typically most people live. So when we can have those conversations beforehand, like if you're just getting to know someone or even if you're in a long-term partnership, go back, right? Create a date for yourself 
we were like, okay, let's talk about this. Like we don't know each other. Let's start over fresh and start talking about the types of touch. Play with them, see what you like. Another thing is um, something that I call sensual flaneuring. <laughs> to flanora means to wander. So you take turns with your partner. Like one person is there on the bed, you can set a timer, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever you wanna do. And you literally just wander over your person's body. Just play, wander. There, has, there doesn't need to be sex involved. There, you create it however you want, yeah. right? That's the consent conversation. But these are the types of exploratory and discovery type of sessions and conversations to have so that when you do actually get into a scenario, you have information that you typically don't have beforehand. So now that you have this knowledge, you're like, okay, I got, a, I got an idea here. I got an idea of what we like. Talking about what you like, do you like dirty talk? Mm. Do you like using your language during sex? Do you like it quiet during sex? Are you more meditative during sex? Or are you outward with eyes open, like talking the whole time? Like. That's a very different scenario. So, so actually learning these things about each other hmm. before you're having sex. So that just made me think about, I know for me, when I start dropping into like genuine, not just like the engaging, I think of there's a very outward energy if I'm being intimate with a partner and I'm, I'm more of that, like I'm giving, I'm a part of their experience versus when I go into my own receptivity, mm-hmm. I find maybe, maybe it's because I am a very visual person and I work in visual video production, but I... I naturally want to close my eyes. I want to close the sensory of the visual. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I pretty much, if I start opening my eyes and looking around, unless I'm like about to climax and I'm just going for like, you know, the fireworks explosions of like, oh, that's so erotic to see. But in the build up to that space, I very much usually want to have my eyes closed, Mm -hmm. but I've been like, is that me avoiding intimacy? Is that um, something where, you know, am I shutting down? Am I just, is that a wall or is that me genuinely surrendering to like, I really, I think of it as seeing and experiencing with my body and not the two things in my skull. Yeah. I resonate with that a lot just on a personal level Mm -hmm. and I think that it's probably more common than we think I don't have I don't have any right or wrong best or not best way around any of that I think it's so deeply personal Mm -hmm. and it just is what it is yeah right and it can change at any moment and it's something that we can play with right like okay let me try one time keeping my eyes open and see what happens yeah right And if you don't like it, you don't like it. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, we don't have to overthink it so much. But I agree, like, sometimes shutting down one of the senses, Mm -hmm. like, I love wearing a blindfold. Yes. It's super hot to me. Yes. Because of that reason. Mm -hmm. It shuts one of the senses down and heightens everything else and gets me more out of my mind and more into my body. Like a lot of the body mapping work that I do and just different, you know, types of things that couples can do with each other and all of that. We'll definitely have people wear a blindfold because of that reason. And 
it does kind of get you into a, it can produce a more meditative state and you're using your own visualization and you're using your own like, this is what's happening now in my body and gets you into your body. So yeah, I mean, that's like great. If it's working for you, perfect. Yeah, I think that the being able to communicate with partners too of being like, I'm closing my eyes because I want to fully experience like what this sensation, this thing, you know, like I want to be in this completely and out of my mind, you know, to, to be like, I'm not shutting you out. Exactly. You know, like, like, yeah, I'm great. not ignoring you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, not picturing someone else. Or, yes. Or you can, who cares? Yes. Like, yeah. um, so when it comes to, let's say there's one partner that's more adventurous and being like, hey, I think I might want to be spanked. Yeah. And then the other person is like, what? Or like doesn't know how to, you know, if it's something taboo and the other person is unfamiliar with it, um, what are some things, what's kind of advice for someone in that scenario? Which side? Let's say, let's start with the one that your partner says, well, I can just think of so many awesome things. <laughs> Like if your partner's, yeah, you know, if your partner's wanting to do something that you perceive as taboo, like, I just have an ongoing great thing going of being like, you know, honey, I really want to try pegging. I really would like to, let's switch roles, you know, like I'm taking it. I I would love for you to take it. Energetic cock. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And then, and, and then it's like, if it's shocking, if it's triggering, if it's unfamiliar, Mm -hmm. what can that partner that just heard a request yeah. What are some tools uh, to maneuver a scenario? Yeah. So number one, communication, obviously. Again, talking about it and not being afraid of the conversation. Oh. Like because so many people I find are, are even scared to bring something up like the thing's going to happen actually the two minutes way. later just because you ah. said it doesn't mean that it's going to happen like in the next five minutes, you know, just talk about it right just for fun and i tell people all the time lighten up around all this stuff it doesn't have to be so heavy it's like yeah yeah, you know have a conversation about like what's the wildest thing in your mind Mm -hmm. like what's the craziest thing that you want to do for you like what would that look like well for me i don't know i kind of have this fantasy about pegging i Mm -hmm. think that'd be super hot to be in that role and to switch things up and you know and just talk about it, having the conversation. And if you have a, fe- if you're the one that's going to be bringing something up, yes, yes. and you know that you have a fear uh-huh. that the other person is going to be like, oh shit, uh-huh. then you want to really take some time to create the container of the conversation first, right? So okay. you're going to set it up and be like, hey, I would love to talk about some things. Let's talk about fantasies. Let's make it super fun and light. None of these things have to happen Mm. today, right? None of this has to happen today. And it could be really fun for us just to talk about it. And what I'm going to ask from you is to not judge anything that we talk about and have no judgment. And I will not also not be judging anything that you come up. So this is a judgment-free zone. Whatever is said here is safe. Mm -hmm. We are safe to talk about anything that we want and we are safe to bring up any crazy idea or whatever fantasies that we have. Like, let's just have fun and play with what that could look like. Mm -hmm. We don't have to do them today. Mm -hmm. 
And then whatever comes out of that conversation, if there's little pieces that you can start baby stepping with, mm -hmm. like, you know, let's say there's something around spanking. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, let's go, um, let's just play with that a little bit. Mm -hmm. How can we get comfortable? There's so much around communication. Okay, well, how can we get comfortable around that? What's your fear? Well, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to cause you pain. Like, I don't, I'm scared I'm gonna hurt you. And on the other side, the person's like, that's kind of what I want. And to get that permission, mm. right? And this goes all the way back to polarity. You're giving, that. Let, using this scenario, you're giving that masculine permission mm -hmm. to, let's say, hurt you. Right. Not really. I mean, right. I want to be very careful of here. Course. You know, within the, within the safe container that you're creating together, yeah. right? Like, no, I want... I want you to spank me. Yeah. I want that. Mm -hmm. I promise that I will tell you yep. if it goes too far. Yeah. You can create words. Ooh. Green is for go. Yes. 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 Yellow is for like, okay, you're getting there. We're still on the spanking example. Yep. Okay, that's we're we're on the line. And red is like, nope, too far, back off. Yes. Or stop completely. Yes. Okay, we're done. Stop. I love that language. Right. I love that language yeah. because thinking of the stoplight, you know, green being, you know, that's such a good check and green like, yeah, we're, we're good, we're, we're good. good. We're but good. then like, you know, yellow being like, okay, wait, let's either take a pause. Mm -hmm. Let me just regroup or that's mm -hmm. a lot of sensory. Let me just, let's just pause the scene, not end it, but yeah. like hold for a moment. And then the red being like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Like Done. either whatever the, whatever mm -hmm. was the catalyst mm -hmm. to, in in the scene yes. i really like that that type of language too where it's yeah. like you know you're playing and the container or the scene of whatever the fantasy or the experience is um so that way it's not like the you know you're like are we still are we going to get some coffee or a cocktail right now and <laughs> do i need to still keep doing this you know because exactly. i think i think it comes back to what you described of you know um how like you and your partner, you do life together really well and you have the other parts of your world that you are compatible and you have the similar interests and you have, you know, like he's your, you know, your buddy, like, mm -hmm. you know, just there's sure. that, that totally. amount of support so that then you can come out of whatever scene or you know, what is it? There's that term laughter lubricates, you right. know, it's like, don't yeah. be afraid to be like, Totally. This is totally ridiculous. And we tried it and we're like, oh, that just, that wasn't so hot, you know? Like, I mean, absolutely. I can, I mean, there's so many stories for me of like, you know, you're like, some of these things, there's different fluids and things <laughs> involved with them. And like, yeah. well, gonna throw that piece of material in the trash after this. Like, there's just so many things that you have to laugh at the humanity of. Absolutely. And that's, you know, Sex is where adults play. This is how we have fun. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with making it playful and light. Like, oh my God, we have enough serious shit in the world. Like, let's lighten up here. Like, this is the place to play and have fun. And to really create truly deep intimacy too. Mm. Like through that lightness, through that playfulness, to really create a true bond with someone if that's your intention mm -hmm. you know even if it's for one night like but tr to have a truly bonding experience with another human being through communication through getting to know that specific 
part of someone, whether it's again one night or if it's a 30 year relationship, you know, it's still basically the same type of energy involved. I love that. I love, I think my biggest takeaways in this last year of, you know, this erotic pursuit and, you know, just that, that radical self-care of being brave enough to ask, what is it that I want? What is it that, what is it for me? Um, is recognizing the, the communication side. Um, I think that the shadow side for me was like, I, I wasn't familiar enough with my own anatomy, with my own sensations. I wasn't paying attention enough when I would give myself whatever experience um, to be like, okay, cool. Like when I actually do get a certain level of arousal, this sensation shifts for me, or then I'm really craving this. And if I can identify patterns um, and also from different scenarios of playing to just realize like, everyone's anatomy is so different and I mean and and it's not just women of course like men as well but that powerful question of how do you like to be touched um you know and, and not being afraid to vocalize like even in the in the moment of a moment of intimacy and mm -hmm. and having a session of being like would you like me to go faster or slower how do you like this pressure right now would you like and and it not being like Hey, so like how, you know, like don't take them out of the experience, right? Mm -hmm. But being like, would you like faster or would you like slower right now? Like mm -hmm. what, what can I do for you right now? Is this just those little mini check-ins real time? Yeah. So that you're able to be in service of one another and how do you like to be touched? And then how do I like to touch you? Mm -hmm. And knowing the difference of those tendencies. Absolutely. And that's a great point because I've been talking a lot about all the conversations to have before, right? But it is also important when you're in the moment, like you're saying, to also keep that line of communication open without judgment mm. so that everyone feels safe to ask questions, everyone feels safe to explore and to vocalize what they want because a lot of women, not all, a lot of women tend to clam up yeah. and stop talking and stop for asking for what we want. Mm. And we just think like, okay, well, it's just happening, you know? And it's like, mm, is it happening to you or for you or with you? Right? Like I want to be involved in this exchange. It's not something that's just a rote experience because it's always been that way, you know? And this is where creativity can come in and come online, um, especially for the feminine, because we have a lot of fantasies. We have a lot of stuff in our head and, you know, we can have shame around these certain things. And so in the moment, it is crucial to, to do those check-ins like you're talking about and, and, you know, speed, pressure, all these different things. Do you like your toes? You know, what do you like in between your toes? Do you like, you know, licking in between your toes? Do you like, and, and then, for the person, just because the question is asked, doesn't mean you have to say yes. You can say no. Yeah. Right? You can say, no, I'm good. I'm yeah. good there. And you can also kind of take the charge out of it with a, from a yes or no question by doing it in a ranking system between one and five. Oh, I love that. Right? So the question, instead of, do you like, you know, your big toe sucked, it could be how much pleasure does this give you? How pleasurable is this on a scale of one to five? Five being orgasmic, 
One being, don't do that. You know, three is like neutral. You know, so if someone says on a scale of one to five, how pleasurable is this, whatever it is that they're doing, and you're like, it's a three. It takes the personalness out of it. I love that. Right. The the other person isn't going to take it personally. Right. If you say, do you like this or not? And they're going to be like, no, that's personal. Yeah. So we want to take that out of it and just let your body say what it wants to say. I love that. Um, You just mentioned something around, um, you know, having shame around certain fetishes or certain things that just happen to turn you on. This is something that for years I know I was like, I can't vocalize that I'm into this or that I desire this or that I want this. So, you know, what's something for if someone's listening to this right now and they're they're listening to all this juicy content and then they're like, oh, well, actually, like this one thing over here, I don't really even want to look at it because I have so much shame. But then it wildly turns them on. Mm. How what would you share with them to maybe help bridge that gap for their pleasure? Yeah, so. Saying something out loud, just the act of saying it out loud takes the charge out of it. Mm. So it kind of depends. Is this something that you want to keep for yourself, for your own pleasure, in your own mind is kind of your place to go that's private to you? Mm. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Or is it something that you actually want to have an experience of Mm. in the real world, in real time. And if that's the case, and if you're checking in with yourself and you're like, that that would actually be, I actually really want that. Like, I want that experience. Mm. Then, you know, again, it's about communication and setting it up, setting the container up with the person and explaining and exploring what that could look like from a very baby step type of fashion. Like, I got this thing. And and you can make it fun and funny and light, right? It's like, I got this thing and it is out there. To me, the other person might be like, it's not that crazy. You know, (laughs) you don't even know. But in your mind, it's like so huge. But it's like, I got this thing. To me, it's like crazy, crazy. And ooh, but mm, it is, you know, and, and relate to how deeply it feels for you. Like this so deeply turns me on. And then talking it, saying it out loud, letting it be alive in the light of day and see that you don't die because you said it, right? And then like, oh, I didn't just get swallowed up in a big hole into the middle of the earth for saying that thing. I didn't get electrocuted by lightning. Exactly. Like I'm still here. I'm still breathing. All right. And then, and then, you know, if it's something that the two people are like, I don't know, maybe we explore that a little bit. Then you can find ways to slowly take steps to move towards that thing. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes it's a like, I don't know, let's just jump in and do the thing. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. We're good. Let's see what happens. Mm So it really depends on the person and where they are and, but releasing that shame, because let me tell you, everybody has their stuff. Everybody has fantasies. Everybody has that thing that they think like, Ooh, that one's really taboo and juicy. And I don't even know if I could go there. Like, Oh, 
Can I tell a quick story? Yes. So I was in an event years ago and there was an older woman at this event and she was in her, or like maybe around 70, mm-hmm. right? It's a whole life story I won't get into. Um, but one of her fantasies was to be gangbanged. A 70 year old woman. And she was like, y'all, she's married, been married to the same man for 40 years, you know, 50 years. They have the best relationship. And she was like, I really have, she's like, I want like three, like I want a group of men. She's like, I just have this crazy fantasy. And just her being able to say that out loud to me and a group of people, it was so freeing and liberating. And then it liberated all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care. Like, I don't, she can want whatever she wants. I have no judgment around that, mm-hmm. you know? And then it liberates the people around you to be able to own their desires. Mm-hmm. And we all get to own what we want. Again, doesn't mean it's gonna happen that day. Sure. But you get to want what you want. Yeah. Well, and it's, I love that idea of like, you know, is it something that you want to share and bring into the external world? Or is it something that, you know, you have in your back little like mm-hmm. my partner and I call each other gutter possums, you know, mm-hmm. but like keep it in your gutter, gutter possum pocket of yeah. like, here's this nasty thing that is my thing. Mm-hmm. And it's me, myself and I. Yeah. There. So it might be something you just want to keep for you. Mm-hmm. Or it might be something that you want to share out there in the world. I love that. Um, how can people get involved, follow any of the content, any of the things that are lighting you up? How can they find you? How can they get connected? So I have a website. Obviously, it's www.ourwildstudio.com. I'm Angie.bird on Instagram. And it's B-Y-R-D. B-Y-R-D, correct. Angie.B-Y-R-D on Instagram. And then, of course, my website. I have an email list. I have a newsletter that goes out. I, I do m- monthly programs. I do all sorts of things. So all the information is there on the website and mainly on Instagram. Amazing. Angie, thank you for your time. Thank this you. has been such a bucket list, juicy conversation. Thank you so much. And for anyone that's listening or watching, if you have any questions or, you know, post uh, recording um, things to share with Angie, feel free to email them to us, add them to the comments. If they're not too, uh, it's not going to be shut down by all of the (laughs) internet gods. Um, And thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Angie. Thank you, dear. I've loved being here with you. Thank you.